Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. I always... I always... I always like the calls that will challenge me. That's fine. I love it. I don't know why the guy hung up. But... Like you, 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 Zach Wilson defenders crack me up still today. I don't know why they would be Zach Wilson defenders today. He didn't even play the game. And if you think they should go back to him, fine. At this point, I don't care. But if the, I mean, if you think you're going to see better, if you think you're going to see better, you're wrong. Like you're going to the the caller just said you're going to compare him with Boyle and Simeon. Yeah, I am. You want to know what Trevor Simeon has done in the NFL compared to what Zach Wilson has done in the NFL? Trevor Simeon, in his career, has thrown 42 touchdown passes and 28 interceptions. Coming into today, 42 touchdown passes and 28 interceptions. Zach Wilson has thrown 21 touchdown passes and 25 interceptions. Now, does that tell the whole story? No. But you want to act like you can't compare them? You want to act like Trevor Simeon is some sort of ridiculous, terrible quarterback and to even put him in the same conversation with the great Zach Wilson is unfair? What are you, nuts? Have you been watching this team? Have you watched Zach Wilson? I'm not, and and I had no intention of this being a kill Zach Wilson day. He's not even, I mean, I was killing the overall quarterback position and the way they went about this season, but like, it's just, a, the it's atrocious. And Simeon should have been starting way earlier than he's been starting now. He's had a career in the NFL. He's thrown 42 touchdown passes. It would take Zach Wilson 10 year, a 10-year career to throw 42 touchdown passes at the rate he's going. So Trevor Simeon, like we also joked, is Zach Wilson finally had that one game in his career where he threw two touchdowns and no picks right. against the Chiefs in a loss. Trevor Simeon, when he played six games for the Saints in 2021, four starts he played and two when he came in off the bench, he did it three times in those six games. Yeah. Right. So the he did something three times in six games that we're praising Wilson for doing once in his career. In the, a game in which he... Lost. Also had it right and lost the fumble. Lost and- the fumble in the key drive of the game. Listen, I'm not. We all know what he is. If you still want to call up and defend him, God bless you. I don't know why you feel the need to. He's run. He's run your franchise into the ground. I don't know why any Jet fan would have some sort of affinity uh, for for Zach Wilson and have some need to call me up and need to compose themselves before they even speak to me because they don't want to get out of control angry. To defend Zach Wilson, who single-handedly has ruined your franchise. Like, okay. Okay. Call me up, please. I beg you. Call me up and defend this quarterback play from this day. And tell me how it's on the coaches. I listen, Again, I can't defend Hackett. I can't. But if you're going to just say, well, Russell Wilson was bad last year. He was good the year. He was better this year. Okay. And then when I tell you Aaron Rodgers improved and won MVPs, well, that's because Aaron Rodgers was allowed to audible at the line of scrimmage. Like, well, yeah. I mean, other quarterbacks have never been. I mean, what are you talking about? 
Stuart in Brooklyn. What's up, Stu? Uh, good morning. Good morning, this, sir. This has gotten to be so ridiculously ineptitude of both football teams, although I do believe the Giants have a little bit better direction where they're going. But the Jets, they turned everything over to Aaron Rodgers. And my question to you is, why? I mean, really, Chris, he fell. He had the he had that injury in the OTAs or whatever, and then he comes back, and then he tears his Achilles, and now he's out, and now he brings all his people here. And what made you think that his people were going to exist in the Jet organization, given the track record of the Jet organization previously? We don't see what they tell you. I'm. I'm not. What do you? What? Do you, why did I think that it could work with the Jets? Because it hasn't yeah, worked because before. Previously, and everything yeah. that they've done. Has because they've not never. Well, out. yeah. Because they've. Because it's always been. They've never had a quarterback like this. Well, they. they Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the history of the franchise. Uh, yeah, he is. But he's just. But he's he's unable to play. Snaps, and yeah. he could have. What could have been this season? It would have been a successful season. I don't know about Super Bowl, but they would have made the playoffs. I'd like Definitely. to think. But the thing is, the thing is, they've done things in the past that tell you, and what makes you think they're going to get it right? Especially since Joe Douglas and every every previous GM has not drafted a quarterback worth spit with the spit of anybody. What quarterback did they have that was worth anything? Wait. What, the, yeah, from Joe Namath? yeah, no, the, 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 yeah, yeah, the Jets haven't drafted. The Jets haven't had good. I mean, Mark Sanchez, they drafted, took him to two AFC Championship games. Right. Uh, ultimately, not a great player, but again, I mean, that's about as good as the Jets have right. uh, in recent memory. Uh, you know, they they, dra- they they drafted Chad Pennington, who was a very solid quarterback. Didn't have great yeah. arm strength, but you know, knew how to play the quarterback position uh, yeah, and yeah. and won some games. Uh, and then you know they you know they bring in that's it they bring in Fitzpatrick who had a, had a, a, a one great year with them uh, ultimately not playing well in that Buffalo game and didn't make the playoffs but still had a great year with them but no I mean listen you do what you have to do to get Rodgers in here they made that deal it's I'm not even sure it's the wrong one like I I believe in what they tried to do here it's enough losing like this is typical for the Jets these four and eight seasons and like they have the longest streak in professional sports. On 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 a playoff drought, like it's time to chase something special. And I had no problem with him doing it. He got injured four snaps in. It's just it's terrible luck. And then on top of the terrible luck, they did nothing to make sure they had a better plan B. Plan A is a winning plan. Aaron Rodgers and this team is a winning plan with this defense and this roster. And I I, I firmly believe Garrett Wilson would have emerged as one of the best wide receivers in the league. Like. I, I've, that's a winning plan. They had no plan B in case their 39-year-old starter went down for injury. And it didn't even have to be season-ending. He could have missed four or five weeks. You had to have anything could have happened. He is older. You had to make sure you had a better plan than this. And now moving forward, like they did nothing to help either. There were different guys they could have brought in. I, 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 we all had probably seen enough of Flacco as as a Jet fan, as Jet fans. I'm sure you did, but ultimately, he's better than what they're giving you now. He's better than this. Something. I mean, Dobbs goes into Minnesota, wins two straight games, plays great. He has a miserable third game, and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, remember when everybody said the Jets should have got Dobbs?" Yeah, Dobbs. Dobbs played three games. 
Two out of the three were far superior than anything the Jets ever gave you. And then he gave you what the Jets gave you in the third game. Wouldn't that have been better? Isn't two, uh, uh, Meatloaf famously once said, two out of three ain't bad. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Like, I got, and, you know, of course, Clown Show, the famous Clown Show on Twitter. You can hit me up on that, CMAC, WFAN. Clown Show has uh, hit, hit taken to Twitter to tell me, just take the L. That guy was 100% right. Yeah, the guy was 100% right. He was 100% right. Zach Wilson's great, and it's all because of Hackett and LaFleur. And by the way, how, I know LaFleur is, is with the offensive guru out in L.A., but the Rams' offense looks okay. How's that young wide receiver? How's that? How's that? Off? Oh, well, that's Stafford. Oh, oh, Stafford's a, a great Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback, so it doesn't matter. LaFleur's not helping. LaFleur was a bum when he's here. They're having a, a surprise season where they're in the playoffs right now in L.A., and uh, uh, Nakua is emerging as one of the uh, great young wide receivers in the league. But, you know, it doesn't mean anything. LaFleur has nothing to do with all that. I get it. And you can make that case, and you could say that. That's uh, You can always point to something. You can point... When Hack, you could point to Hackett's failures and minimizes his success. That's you could do it with anyone. You can do it with anyone. Hackett has not been a great coach here. I'm not going to tell you he has been. I'm just going to tell you that he's in a tough spot. They don't make it easy for him, and certainly, certainly, it's not easy for Salah. And while I have no problem, if they lose 10 games in a row here, if they finish the season out and don't win another game, it's going to be hard to justify keeping these guys. But I do believe that Aaron Rodgers has his say and that all around the entire organization, they believe they never got the plan started. Four snaps in their season ended. Now they'll have a better chance of drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. or some great offensive weapon or great offensive lineman or whatever to help this team moving forward next year. They'll have Rodgers back, and they believe in the combination of Hackett and Rodgers, and Rodgers like Sala, and yada, 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 and so on and so forth. Like, I still think they're on that trajectory. Now, if they if it's just miserable and they don't win another game and it's just horrible football, maybe, maybe they'll change that plan. But right now, I still think they're on – Target for the plan. And if you think that Rodgers can't succeed in it or that no other quarterback can other than Rodgers because, as that last caller said, who was 100% right, you know, Rodgers had the ability to audible at the line and other quarterbacks don't. So that's why. That's why he was so, so successful. So successful. Did they take away his ability to audible last year? Yeah. Or did they take away his experienced veteran receivers? Yeah. I think that might have something to do with it. But no, I'm, I'm listen, of course. Any successes are minimized. Any failures are amplified. That's what happens when teams fail. Except Zach Wilson's failures. Every single Correct. one of them, that's somebody else's fault. Correct. Anybody, but of course. The nine not, fumbles this year, not every single one, somebody else's fault. Yeah, not the his The interceptions, fault. Not his what's fault. he supposed to do? I mean, come on. He's got nothing else. The Lazard can't get open. I mean, let's be honest. What do you expect? What do you expect this young, talented quarterback to do working with this? We got to set up Clown Show and the Zach Wilson Truth. I mean, they're probably the same person on multiple burner accounts, but if not, let's set them up. They can experience something in life that's a little positive and maybe realize, oh, you know, Zach Wilson isn't the best quarterback to ever live. Watch a game that doesn't involve the Jets. Right. No, I, I, I understand. Uh, um, yeah, people there. And listen, the defenders are out on Twitter. 
You don't have the ability to assess a quarterback's talent or skill level. Please stop trying. There's a reason experts won't come on with you. I don't... Did I... What did you ever get in touch with those ex- experts I was trying to get on? Yeah, they said, "Listen, we can't. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll go on and talk to Boomer, who also <laughs> agrees that Zach Wilson is, you know, terrible. You yeah. could listen to former NFL MVPs on right. six to ten here daily. Yeah. Uh, anybody? You know, who? That, that's the thing. What experts? Who's defending Zach? I, I don't know who's defending. Did, Zach. did Tony Romo like Zach's play the multiple <laughs> games that he called the Jets games? What did Chris Collinsworth think of Zach? Yeah. No, yeah, no. He liked him in the Chiefs game, and then by you know the third quarter, of the Raiders game was like basically get me out of Vegas. Yeah, I, I don't know. They don't like you either, though. It's infuriating. Yeah, of course. yeah. Mark Sanchez, <laughs> a, a quarterback who had success with the Jets. You know, not the biggest fan of Zach. No, it's not, it's uh, it's your inability to uh, assess player skill instead of regurgitating Flegelman's thoughts. Okay. Well, at least now now you're the puppet master of the show. I like that. That's a good idea. I, and again, so I don't have to take any blame for this. Don't blame me, Flegelman. Clear. It's like I'm Salah, and he's whoever. He's either Douglas or Woody on the other side of the, uh, you know, running things, telling me what to say. And meanwhile, I can tell that almost <laughs> definitely because I brought it up on shows I've done in the past that yeah. those thoughts are just you reading the stats of what these guys have actually done in the NFL. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not that. It's we have an axe to grind. It's not so much that Zach Wilson has now been benched by his own team for the second year running for guys like Tim Boyle and, and Trevor Simeon. It's not that the entire team, little, whatever experts you might think uh, are talent evaluators, far superior to me, which by, by no way, I do not have talent evaluator on my resume, to be fair. Now, these guys I, I, should go watch uh, Brian <laughs> Baldinger, his tape reviews yeah. of Zach. The last one he did of Zach, he just said, I give up. Yeah, no, no, no. But Brian Baldinger doesn't know either. They know. They know. Listen, I and they're right that I'm, you know, I have this agenda as a Jets fan and season ticket holder. I want the team to continue to be awful, so I just waste all my time. Yeah. And that's why I mean Zach Wilson might be the savior. They can't possibly put him out there. The last thing I ever want to see in my life is winning football. Yeah. I mean those You're those years when they're in the playoffs and the Herm years and, and I mean 98 my first year of watching the Jets and remembering it like this is Terrible! Like, uh, get this twelve-win team off my TV screen. The Rex Ryan teams, the AFC Championship games, never want to experience anything like that again. No, you're you're far better off this way. It might help keep ticket prices low for season ticket uh, holders. So save a little money. You know, you got feel free to give the tickets away. You know, things like that. Donate them to charity. You can feel like a better person overall. But now, no, I, I have a chance to watch a quarterback who turns the ball over at like a 1.5% rate more than he scores a touchdown. Yeah. How could I not want that? Well, listen, to be fair, you're no talent evaluator. So, right. I mean, you you do not have the brain capacity to evaluate such things as quarterback play and talent. Right. So, I mean. And if, and if we just regurgitate what the actual talent evaluators say, or like you've been saying, yeah. what the Jets players have clearly shown you, what the Jets head coach is clearly showing you, yeah. they don't count either. Because what do they know? Yeah, they don't know anything. They don't know anything. That's Robert entire... Salahu, whatever you think of him as a head coach, has built a really good defense. Yeah. What does he know about quarterback play other than how, how to, to build a, do- a defense yeah. to stop it? Yeah. No, he, he knows nothing about it. He knows nothing about it. None, the team who celebrated Mike White knows nothing about it. I mean, you know, they made T-shirts. They couldn't have been happier. But that's because of his comments after the game. They really like Zach Wilson. They could see the skill. They could see the talent. But he kind of said some offhand comments. So we all know in the NFL, game. when you have a winning quarterback, the leader of your team, 
and he makes one comment you don't agree with, Chris, you quit on the guy and you never want it. I, I don't care if we lose the rest of the way. <laughs> Absolutely. This guy said something that I don't like. Yep. He's got to be benched for that reason. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, we'd be we'd be in real great hands. I mean, do you see how he right, played? I don't want to go to the Super Bowl. I, I want a quarterback who says the right thing 100% of the time. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how many defenders of Zach Wilson there are. I, th- I didn't even want to turn this to the point sure. where it's making us defend. Like we don't overall want to defend a Nathaniel Hackett. Just no. pointing out like obvious facts about him. Yeah. Like yes, he was the offensive coordinator two years when Rodgers won the MVP. All right, what are you trying to you know? Is the guy your uh, your father? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm going to bat for. I, I don't like Hackett. I have nothing. I have no reason to defend him other than if you want to tell me that it's a. The, the biggest indictment is Wilson was terrible last year. He's better this year. That's fair. But then when I point out his successes, you can't just scoff at them and give me some cockamamie reason that he was able to make line of scrimmage changes. Like, I mean, he was able to audible. Like, no other quarterback Which again, is able to Aaron audible. Which, again, Aaron Rodgers is, what, 36, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, already two-time I mean, MVP Super Bowl yeah. champ. He never was allowed to audible no. back when Mike McCarthy ran the Packers offense. No. I mean, Peyton Manning no. never in his career no. went no. to the line and changed the play. Forget that, uh, you know what's his name with the Giants was able to uh, was able to all out, audible out of a pass play into a run play and cost them the game. Um, but listen, you give that kind of you know leeway yeah. to guys like Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Tommy, Taylor and Tommy yeah. DeVito. You Ta- let them do yeah. that. Tyrod Taylor's allowed to audible, but none of these other quarterbacks are allowed to audible. Just Aaron Rodgers and Tyrod Taylor. That's it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Aaron Rodgers only. When he was with Nathaniel Hackett. Yes. That's it, right. Before Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, my God. So, Wilson wasn't allowed to change plays at the line of scrimmage last year. That's that's the that's the main no, reason. No, like, we definitely didn't see him, you know, check down even into a play where Jets fans went nuts. And how can they call a run there? It's second and one. We definitely yeah. didn't see on film Wilson yeah. checking down to, which who knows, maybe it wasn't even the wrong call. But right. we definitely didn't see him checking no, Wilson, into a run. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the ability to make checks at the line. I mean, this is what I'm. T- it's it's just be fair about it. Just be fair about it. You might he might Hackett might suck, and your quarterback might suck. They're both both are they're not mutually exclusive. Right, you could be fair. There's still the a table. lot of negative things to say about Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, of like, course. Trust us. It's it's not like it's a a shallow pool you're jumping into. No, he's he's not been good this year. How could you say he has been? And last year he was a horrendous head coach. But. When I bring up that he took Blake Bortles to an AFC Championship game, there's a reason why that wasn't his because of him. Or Aaron Rodgers, who had two down years, a great Hall of Fame player. No one's saying that he made Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers was trending in the wrong direction. Hackett gets there and he re- resurgent uh, to, to the point of winning back-to-back MVPs. Not just like oh, he got back to his old self. He was as good as he's ever been. Like and you and you brush that away. Like let's just be fair about things. Hackett has had successes over the course of his career. And when he was hired at the beginning of this season, most Jet fans I know, BT, Evan, most guys were like, hey, even if he doesn't bring Rodgers, this is a guy who's had experience. He's called plays before. He's got quarterbacks MVPs. He's won playoff games. Like, at least he's got some experience. He's not the coach's best friend in LaFleur. Like, that was the thought process. He's had a miserable season. The minute Rodgers went down, he had no idea, no idea how to help improve this young quarterback and help improve this offense. Uh, granted, but 
it's not like he's been given really big-time tools of success. The quarterbacks are as horrendous as they could possibly be. Come on, Chris, be fair. When Garrett Wilson is running open all day long, it's Nathaniel Hackett's job to, in the middle of the play, find a way for any of the three quarterbacks to get him the ball. I know. That's every offensive coordinator's job. That's a good point. I I should have thought about that. They should have. I mean, did did they ever think to, like, put a big neon sign on his back while he's running? I mean, has Hackett ever come up with a clever idea like that once? Can you get creative and somehow, you know, make, you know, have give him a beeping sound and a neon sign? Could you please do that? I mean, geez, think of something, Nathaniel Hackett. And put, like, invisible ink on Garrett Wilson's jersey, and the quarterback (laughs) wears one of those contact lenses so he can only see Garrett Wilson. Oh, my God. Everybody knows it. Listen to the beat reporters. It's not just me. Why? Listen to Connor Hughes talk what, about or, the or idea what, that in the press room. Look at Connor Hughes' tweets during the game today the, where he's just like, I give up. Yeah. To- it's, a, it's a conversation in the press box about how wide open Wilson is and no one can get him the ball. Like I- Jonathan Vilma was, and Kenny Albert were pointing it out on TV. Yeah. Robert Sala is laughing about it in, at the end of the game because, like, there's God, nothing what, else to do what do you want laugh? me to do? But it's me and you have a real problem with assessing talent. That's I listen. I am not a talent evaluator. I do not work for the NFL. I give my opinion. I try to do it uh, coherently and make valid points and do it while I entertain you. That's my job. Some might think I fall flat on that too. That's the way it works. If Clown but- Show and Zach Wilson <laughs> Truth and the other guy Al whatever his name, if they want to call and give you their resume of yeah. X talent. amount of years coaching in the NFL, then maybe we'll defer to them. Yeah. But until then, it's my opinion and it's my show. That's right. And Flegelman helps. He's the producer. It's it's our show. And we just happen to see eye to eye on this. We don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. I, I'm pretty sure I'm alone on the Cashman Island all by myself. So, like, you know, it is I would actually say I'm the most pro-Cashman person here who's not you. Because okay. you go to another level <laughs> to make me even question, like, what I think about the guy. There you go. I thought I was a big Cashman defender. Then I started working with you That's every day. That's right. That's right. I mean, we both happen to agree Zach Wilson sucks. I mean, geez, it's it's me and him. We're all alone on an island. I don't think we could find another person. We could walk the streets of Manhattan all day. We wouldn't find another person who would agree with us about Zach Wilson. And the people in the NFL who do agree, they don't count. Right. There's a reason why they don't see it. They're not good talent assessors. Eight seven, And they won't come on my show. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you on the fan. Having some fun. We'll get into the baseball. We'll go around the NFL as well. A couple of interesting games. Unfortunately, that the aforementioned Russell Wilson threw a pick down the stretch. I needed that game. I didn't get it. But we'll we'll talk about it all. And obviously, Juan Soto. How does he get to the Yankees? Plain and simple. How do they figure this out? Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Yeah, no, we don't want no scrubs. We just want world-class Hall of Fame caliber outfielders who are 25 years old. That's what we want. That's what the Yankees want in Juan Soto. So obviously a lot has happened with the Juan Soto news over the last couple days over this weekend as I was actually in Barclays Center on Friday night when we first got the initial report 
uh, of some of the the names being bandied about and some of the 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 way the Yankees felt about it. And so here's where it stands, pretty much. The Yankees and the Padres were dealing. Uh, we're talking on the phone, trying to you know working on a deal uh, that came to a place Friday, and they really, I guess, not haven't spoken much since heading into the meetings. But I guess where it stands right now is they are asking for a total package of about seven pitchers from the New York Yankees. Uh, obviously, including Michael King. The two big names from it are Michael King and Drew Thorpe. And Thorpe is their top pitching prospect. Um, he, I believe, won like pitcher of the year in the minor league system. He's been uh, really trending upwards and is their top top pitching prospect. So those are the two names in the deal. And then also, you know, Johnny Brito and Vasquez and some of the other minor names, but a bunch of prospects. None of them, and let's be clear, none of them, including Dominguez or Volpe, which are the two names that people thought, oh, they're going to have to give up Dominguez. What, you want Soto? You got to give up Dominguez. No, you don't have to give up Dominguez. You don't have to give up Soto. So here's where the Yankees are stuck, right? The Yankees do not want to trade both King and Thorpe, not in the same deal. And so it's been presented as if, like, Michael King is now suddenly a deal-breaker. And I would say this. Michael King is not a deal-breaker. But King and Thorpe is for a guy who's going to be a one-year rental. We all know. Whether you think the Yankees can go out and give him the big-time contract or not, it's going. you got to trade for him as a one-year rental. And when you look at other packages given up, when you look at the Mookie Betts contra- uh, trade and other trades like it, they do not get seven seven pitchers. They want to f- fill up their entire roster. They want to fill up their entire – they have like five or six left on the ro- uh, the 40-man roster. They want to build an entire rotation based on the Yankee farm system. So the Yankees have balked at that. Brian Cashman has balked at that. And here's what I'll say about it, and I tweeted it out. I don't like this package. I think the Yankees could do better. And I don't. And as much as I think the Yankees have to go out and get Juan Soto, have to go out and get Juan Soto, I don't care what it takes, they have to go get him. I've been on record saying that, and I want that. This is a deal. This is negotiating. You don't just say yes to the first thing. You don't just say yes to a package that is far worse and far more than any anybody else has ever gotten for a one-year rental. For a guy who they know has to trade, they have very little leverage here knowing they have to trade. That's why you're getting drum up all the different teams. Now all of a sudden, um, you know, John Heyman comes out and reports that, oh, nine or ten teams are in. Nine or ten teams are in my ass. I have no doubt there are not nine to ten teams in on Juan Soto. Not that many. Not that many teams legitimately have the pitching prospects to make the trade, and not that many teams have both the pitching prospects and the ability to pay $30 million for a one-year rental. There are not nine teams involved. That is Boris trying to drum up trade value. That is Boris along with the San Diego Padres trying to drum up value, and now you're hearing the Blue Jays. Why? Because the Blue Jays are in the division. The Blue Jays have uh, been associated with Otani, and they probably are on some level, and um, Manoa has been involved. Manoa stinks. I don't believe the, the Blue Jays are frauds. I have no fear. I am every bit as confident today as I've ever been that the Yankees are going to trade for Juan Soto. I am not scared off by anything. 
And it's Brian Cashman's job. This is the, my main point. It is Brian Cashman's job to get the best deal possible. That's it. Make the deal. Make the best deal possible. It's up to him to read this right. It's up to him. This is what he does. He's been there forever. He knows all the GMs. He knows the landscape. He knows how it works. He knows the nonsense in the media. He knows what's real. Juan Soto can't go anywhere else. If he is traded anywhere else, and we know it's not Dominguez or Volpe that are going to hold up this deal, it is an out-and-out disaster for the New York Yankees. They must get Juan Soto. They must. Having said that, they haven't lost him, and they're making a, they're trying to make the best deal. That's Brian Cashman's job because you don't want to give up seven picks. That's the Yankees' depth. The Yankees right now don't know where Rodon is. The Yankees don't know if they can go get Yamamoto or any other starting pitcher in, in the market. The Yankees don't know about Nesta Cortez coming off injury. The Yankees need Brito, Vasquez. They need some of them. They can't trade seven. Seven's ridiculous. Seven, seven's the magic number. Seven little twi- uh, chipmunks twirling on a branch, eating lots of sunflowers on my uncle's ranch. You know that old child's tale from the sea? So having said that, the Yankees right now seem to be stuck on the idea of giving up King and Thorpe. King, a 29-year-old pitcher who is extremely valuable. All right? I understand King isn't, for me, King is not a name that's an automatic deal-breaker by no means. But King is a young 29-year-old pitcher with control who has now, under control, who has shown the ability and was was arguably the best pitcher in the American League for the last month of the season. Now, it's only the month, again, not a deal-breaker, but let's understand what Michael King is. Michael King is someone who's showing the ability to be a dynamic starter. And if not, you know he can be a dynamic back end of the bullpen piece. Michael King is extremely valuable. And so if you want to give up Michael King and the top pitching prospect, now do pitching prospects typically work out? Certainly not for the Yankees, totally fair. But that's a big ask along with three or four other starting pitching prospects to give up for a one-year rental. I don't care who it is. That's a big ask. And there's no reason to negotiate against yourself when nobody else has presented a package like that. Not the Blue Jays, not anybody. So if you think the Yankees should have been like, oh my God, no Dominguez, no Volpe, I'll sign. Where do I sign? I disagree. I think Clark Schmidt is a pitcher who has shown promise, who's under control, who is a much more palatable piece for the New York Yankees to trade away. You want Thorpe? You want the young, controllable starting pitcher who's coming through the minor leagues, who's just you know their top prospect? You want him? You can't have King with him. Take you could take uh, Clark Schmidt. If you want Michael King, you're not getting Thorpe. I think that is a perfectly reasonable stance for Brian Cash from the New York Yankees to have. Having said that, if they tra- if Juan Soto's traded somewhere else, and one if and Thorpe and King are the names that held the deal up, Brian Cashman and rightfully so is going to get killed, and I will be the first one to kill him. So it's a reasonable stance. It's his job to make sure that nobody else comes in and offers more. It's his job to be in communication because ultimately they have the best combination 
of the ability to help them with money, the ability to take on Juan Soto's money, and the ability to give them top-level pitching prospects and and serviceable, major league-ready pitching. Nobody else has it. Whatever you want to say about the Yankee farm system and how terrible Brian Cashman's done, he's put them in a position where they are far and away the best candidate for Juan Soto. They are the best candidate for the San Diego Padres to trade with. There is no doubt in my mind. I am not scared of the Blue Jays. I am not scared of the Mariners now that they've traded away Kelnick. We'll talk about that if we if we have time today. But I am not scared of anyone. This is the Yankees' deal to make. So have so I, I want to make it clear. There are names in this package. None of them. None of them are deal breakers. And if it comes out that the Padres were willing to remove Thorpe but wanted King or vice versa, and the Yankees held out and said, no, Thorpe is unavailable, no, King is unavailable, then I will roast them to the end of time. But I doubt very much that's the case. Ultimately, I still believe very much that the Yankees are going to trade for Juan Soto. And I don't think any of the names you've heard are deal breakers, but that's a big package. And there's no reason right now, a day before and now a day of the winter meetings, there's no reason to just say yes to this. You got to make a deal. You got to make a deal. And you got to make one more palatable to the New York Yankees. And there's a deal out there to be had. This is a big, big ask. You listen, you read and all the different, all the different, um, you know, uh, talent evaluators, unlike myself. They all think it's a big ask. No one's going to give them this package. No one, not, not, not the Blue Jays, not the Red Sox, not the Mariners, no matter who else you think. This is a perfect fit. The Yankees and, and and Padres need to make a deal. Obviously, they're motivated to move them. I think they want to move them quick so they can go about their offseason. I think this is going to happen in the next few days. So this is Cashman's job. You know, if he do, he's got to do his job. If he doesn't do it, fine. He hasn't not done it yet. He's got to get Juan Soto here. I totally agree. It's a must. It's the beginning of this offseason. We need to still go out and do more. And we, I, 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 you know, I, I would want you need another outfielder, and they've tried to attach Grisham in this deal. I forgot to mention that part. Uh, uh, you remember Trent Grisham, Met fans? He had uh, quite the series against you in the playoffs a couple of years ago. But ultimately, a light hitting outfielder who could fill in at center field while Dominguez uh, recovers from his injury. He's going to be cheaper than the likes of Kiermaier. I like Kiermaier better. Kiermaier is a tremendous defensive outfielder. He's feisty. He knows the division. He's left-handed. I like Kiermaier as that that guy. Yamasoto Yama and Kiermaier is a very good offseason for me. Yamasoto Yama and Kiermaier is exactly what I'm looking for. But I'm telling you right now, Yankee fans, I have never been more confident they are trading for Juan Soto. I don't believe the noise. I don't think the deal is done. Uh, excuse me, I don't think they're done dealing with the – they're going to – reports are already that they're going to meet later today and discuss things. They're the perfect fit. These two teams are the perfect fit. No other team fits as well. They don't have them. The Blue Jays don't have the overall prospects. The Blue Jays don't have it. The Yankees have it. But seven, including King and the top prospect, is too much. At least for now. At least for now. And it's up to and again, it's up it's up to Cashman to get it right. If he reads this wrong and he's traded somewhere else, 
out-and-out disaster. This team needs to do something big. This team needs to improve, bring a superstar here. They passed on Harper. They passed on Machado. This is the opportunity, and I believe they know that. I really do. I believe they know that. I think they desperately want Juan Soto, but they're not going to negotiate against themselves. And this is Cashman's job. Go out there and make a deal, but make it a, 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 a decent deal. And just because Dominguez and, and Volpe aren't included in it doesn't mean that it's an excellent deal. I think that I think so many people assumed that Dominguez would have to be included. The idea, oh my God, this is these are the names. You're telling me Michael, I'll drive Michael King to San Diego right now. You don't have to do it right now. Ultimately, you might have to do it. Again, I I don't like this deal for the Yankees. I think they could do better. I don't love this deal, but I like it a hell of a lot better than no deal. So I'm on, I'm on if this is the deal it takes if they believe that other franchises are ponying up to the level of this if they believe they're in danger of losing Soto and that this is the deal that will get it done and nothing else short of it will get it done then Brian Cashman has to make the deal. This deal is not so absurd. I mean there was a report that it was it was such an excessive ask that the Yankees just said, "You know what? We're going to stop talking for a while." This isn't that an excessive ask. It's, I don't love the deal. I think they can do better. I think they will do better. But ultimately, if it comes down to it, and it takes Thorpe and King to get it done, you do it. You get Juan Soto here. You have to do it. But they've got a couple days to make a better deal. 877-337-6666. So that's my take. Get the deal done. It doesn't have to be this one. They don't have to say yes to the first thing. Go out there and get a better deal. And I'm not scared at all. The Blue Jays are frauds. The Blue Jays are frauds on every level. I have no fear of the Toronto Blue Jays. None. Not in getting Juan Soto. Not in getting Otani. And not even if they got them in them winning. They're frauds. All right? They're absolute frauds. They have this unbelievable, unbelievable talented lineup. And they've added the pitching. And, oh, the Blue Jays are going to be so good. They were better than the Yankees last year. They won, They made the playoffs. What'd they do? They lost both games to the Twins. The Twins that were on a streak of, I don't know, 105 consecutive playoff losses. And, they, and the Blue Jays couldn't get a single game out of them. The Blue Jays are frauds. And I'm not scared at all of them stealing Juan Soto from us. Not at all. Joe and Malvern. What's up, Joe? You're on the fan. Me? Yeah. Listen, I don't think uh, this Soto thing is so great that they have to get him. I think they should go after Bellinger and Jordan Montgomery. Those are the two guys they should get. And then see where they are with Soto. I I, I really don't think one-year deal with Soto. You know that he's going to be put up. uh, By Boris is going to try to get as much as he can after one year. There's no guarantee that he's going to stay with the Yankees. No, there isn't. But he's still there's benefits to him being only one year. There's still benefits to Juan Soto being traded and being a part of the Yankees only for one year. Uh, there's some. Um, if you trade for him, obviously he's a great player. He's better than Bellinger. He is far better than Bellinger. Uh, I'm sorry. He's just he's more consistent. He's better than Bellinger. I'd rather I'd much rather have Juan Soto than Bellinger. So one, you're going about trying to win this season. You can go win a World Series this year. And then who cares if they don't sign him Uh, on some levels? You'd want to sign him, but ultimately you want a championship. So it's about making this team better. Two, if you trade for him, if you want to sign him, 
you don't have to pay the uh, qualifying offer because obviously whoever is with him, whoever he's with, will give him, will offer him the qualifying offer at the end of the year next year. So that attaches a pick to signing him. If it's your team, you don't have to give him a pick. Uh, two, that works both ways where the Yankees, if they trade for him, could give him a qualifying offer. And then if he signs somewhere else, the Yankees get a pick back, which limits a little bit uh, the the return they, they gave back to San Diego in the trade. And then I guess there's the thought of if he hits free agency next year and the Yankees are in on it. Say the Yankees love Juan Soto and they want to go give Juan Soto $500 million, $550 million next year. Uh, it's better to know what the fit is like. You bring him in for a year and he hates New York. He hates the team. He hate, Him and Judge just can't get along at all. There's some sort of reason why he doesn't want to be a Yankee. You learn that on a thirty million dollar one year contract, as opposed to a ten year five hundred and fifty million, a twelve year five hundred million dollar contract, or whatever. But ultimately, it's about getting the great player in the room, getting the great player on the team, trying to win this year, and then convincing him to stay. And there's a much better chance of you getting him at a price you can live with or a price the Yankees are willing to pay if he's already been here and won here and played here and likes it here and hits 45 home runs with the short porch. There's a better chance of you being someone who can, you know, not be the highest bidder and still win. If he gets traded somewhere else, if the Yankees want him next year, they have to be the highest bidder. Plain and simple. They will have to be the highest bidder. I don't know if they're capable considering the Dodgers might be out there. Who knows if they get Otani? Who knows what Steve Cohen clearly would want to do if he wants Juan Soto? There's no stopping him from being the highest bidder. But just like with Judge, like everyone says, it's going to be about the highest bidder. I heard uh, Evan on Friday talking about, oh, they're going to have to give him $750 million if they want him to sign uh, without going to free agency. Or free agency is going to get 12 years, $675 million. And I don't know about all that. He's going to go to the highest bidder. Judge didn't go to the highest bidder. Now, Judge has been with the team longer. Judge was offered the captainship, and I don't know how much that value made to him, but Judge was offered more money from the San Diego Padres, and he chose the Yankees. And if you want that to be the case, which is by far the best chance the Yankees have of keeping them long-term, is to not have to be the highest bidder. There's only one way to do that. Acquire him now and tell him why he's best suited to be a Yankee. There's no that, That's what it's about. Get the great player here we'll worry about next year. And even if they don't get him for further than next year, that's why you don't want to trade King and Thorpe in the same package. But if you don't get him for next year, there's still value in it. You still get a pick back. You still get the opportunity to go out and win this year. Who knows what happens? And for those of you who don't think, a lot of people don't think, oh, just Juan Soto's not enough. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, you have to add to the pitching department, but as far as the lineup goes, Juan Soto's enough. All right? This team, pretty much the same team last year, led the American League in run scored. They didn't hit in the postseason fair. Judge didn't hit in the postseason. If Judge continues not to hit in the postseason, then yeah, it doesn't matter who the hell else they bring. If Judge is going to hit 200 against the Astros again, or 150 against the Astros and not have a single home run, then yeah, it doesn't matter, Juan Soto. But if you're telling me Juan Soto... To go with Judge, to go with hopefully Rizzo, who's had two good years last year uh, up until the uh, injury last year, was having a great year until May, and then he had the concussion injury. If he can come back healthy, Stanton, who we know is going to get injured, ha, 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 it's part of his game. But apparently, if you listen to Andy Martino, Andy's talked about how motivated and angry he is. And maybe, just maybe, Brian Cashman, with those comments, angered and motivated Stanton, and maybe you'll see the best of him.
crazy that maybe Cashman's comments actually might work. But if Stanton can give you something, and this is the same team, again, they led the American League and run scored two years ago. They were awful this past year, but they were without Judge. Healthy Judge, healthy Rizzo. LeMahieu played the same way he did, hopefully, at the second half of last year, the rest of this year. Stanton back and better. Then you go Volpe getting a year more improved. Uh, Wells as your catcher, as opposed to Higashioka. Then hopefully at some point at the end of the year, hopefully around midseason, you get Dominguez the Martian back to play center field. You add you add Kiermaier, a player like it. There's no reason that team offensively to go along with this pitching isn't good enough to win. You get Juan Soto and you get Judge back-to-back, this team can go win. You don't need five, six bats. You don't have to change the whole lineup. You're changing the lineup in many ways. Bring Soto here. Jim in Jersey Shore. What's up, Jim? Chris, I told you the other night, Soto's never coming here, so get off it. Okay. He's, he's going to be a Yankee. Listen, listen, he's not coming here. And the reason he is, is this, this is the perfect out for Cashman. And he can now say, we offered a great, we, we, we wouldn't overpay, so we're not going to be taking hot. Well, wait, let me then, finish. Let, let me, let me okay. talk. Let me good, talk. Good. Then, then, he's gonna, then the Yankees are going to be out on, on Soto. Because even... Because they don't want him. You th- that's absolutely ridiculous. If they get him in a deal, why would they do they it if they don't want him? him? Yes, I, well, they what? have to try and pay him. Why would they go They're through this? They're not going to pay. They wouldn't even pay Judge three hundred fifty million. They're going to pay this guy five. They paid Judge three hundred sixty million. What do you mean they wouldn't? They did. They almost lost him before they paid him. It went down to the wire. You think they? they but they, what do you pay? mean? But they paid him. What does that have to do? They almost. What is this? But, or choose? But, but, but they got him. Chris. If you haven't been paying attention, they don't want to go over the luxury they, tax. Money's they coming don't. off the books. They, they, you, you figure it out. They go over the luxury tax. They just went eighty to an eighty and had the worst season ever. They went. They Stein paid Brenner Judge. They paid Judge off for the ALCS Stein appearance. Brenner, Steinbrenner wants to beat Tampa. He wants to win without paying. And and he there'll be a time it. to try that. He doesn't. He wants to win. He doesn't want eighty two seasons. I'm telling Man, you, he, week, he's going to get week. Soto. I'm telling you right now, they're going to have him. And the idea that There's you think, one, and you if the if you not, think that they release the, let me finish. If you think they release these names to show they won't overpay, if you think they'll appease the fan base by saying, hey, hey, they wanted Michael King, you think that's going to somehow get him off the hook from the fans? You're out of your mind. People are going to be Chris. furious that Michael King held up a deal. If that was the want, it should be done. I disagree. Every Yankee fan, every Yankee fan, was accepting you because you're a shill. You're a you're no no no. If they don't make this deal, if they don't make this deal, I'll kill him. He didn't leave. They should have made it already. No, because I think they can do better. Why go? Do you ever negotiate anything? Why negotiate against yourself? Nobody else is out there. How do you know what everybody else is doing? Well, if if I'm wrong and he goes somewhere else, I'll kill Cashman. He didn't leave yet. He's his job is to make the best deal, not to just say yes to whatever San Diego asked for. We got Oscar Gonzalez. We got Oscar Gonzalez over the weekend. We don't need Soto. Oh, stop! They added. They added. They added some. They added someone to fill up their forty-man roster. Stop it! Come on now. This is the kind of thing when the Mets do it. When the when the Mets when the Mets get Luis Severino and when the Mets go get Wendell, everybody's oh, it's ready for the next big thing. When the Yankees get someone who's meaningless, it's like here, this is what they're gonna do. This is gonna be your DH. Stop! They're gonna. I'm telling you right now. Why they're in? They're getting Juan Soto. 
They, Jim, I'm telling you right now, they are getting Juan Soto. And if they don't, I will kill them as much as you do. They are getting Juan Soto. They are spending money. It's 82 and 80. It's a different world. You don't think it's different because it's not a World Series. That's the only thing you see. They won 99 games, won the division, and were in the ALCS against the, against the future World Series champs. They view that dramatically different than a season that was dead in September, late August. I'm telling you, they view it different. They're pro- they're, you want to go see? I don't know. I got to double check this. I was told that season ticket sales are down 40%. That's what sells him on spending money. Ticket sales are down. The fan base is furious. They just had a disaster of a season. Money's coming off the books. They can trade Glaber Torres. They'll figure out a way. They might go over the luxury tax a little bit. Do you, does he want to be the raise? On some level, yeah, he doesn't think you need a $300 million payroll. He doesn't think throwing money after money after money after money is the way to go about it. But that was when he thought they were close. You could sell him on close with 99 wins. They're not close. I'm telling you right now, you think this is all just a, a BS thing where they're, they're going through the motions with Juan Soto so that they can tell the fan base, hey, we didn't want to give up Michael King? You think that's going to appease the fan base? And right now, listen, if it comes down to it, if they firmly believe, this is just getting started. It's not even the winter meetings yet. If they firmly believe that it's this deal or they lose them, I think they'll make the deal. But they don't have to do it now. They're not losing him today. I agree. Michael King should not hold up a deal. Thorpe should not hold up a deal. The two of them together, along with every other depth starter the Yankees have for a a one-year rental, is a bit too much of an ask to just say yes the minute it's thrown on the table. It's negotiating. If they lose him, I'll kill him. If they lose him, it's absurd. There's no reason to lose him. If they do not trade for Juan Soto and he goes somewhere else, I will be furious and I will say all the things you just said. But we haven't got to that point. And there's no reason to say yes to a deal when nobody else has shown anything close to it. It's up to Cashman to read it right. And I'm going to give him some leeway in saying make the best deal you can make. Because ultimately, I don't want to give up all that. Because you just said about the money, yeah. Now they'll have to go out and pay a bunch of starting pitchers because they won't have King, they won't have Thorpe, they won't have Vasquez, they won't have Brito, they won't have any depth. And who knows what Rodon is and who knows what Nesta Cortez is. I don't want to give away my four through seven starters for a one-year rental when I don't have to yet.